I personally really love this because it gives us a sense of forward movement. What we're doing when we're engaging incremental expectations is that we're slowly raising the bar over time without overwhelming the kids or ourselves. When it comes to the widespread advice to lower your expectations, we want to encourage you to be thoughtful and intentional about what that really means. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your stepfamily from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds, understanding the kids' perspective, romance and partnership, parenting with great teamwork, and yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Well, hey there, welcome, and thanks for hanging out with us for just a bit today. Mm -hmm. We're so grateful for the way that you choose to spend your time with us each week and for your continued feedback. You know, a few weeks ago on Apple Podcasts, Jordan shared that there have been a couple of times when it felt like their two-year-old remarriage was barely hanging on and they both felt a little broken. But this podcast has made them laugh with relief so many times when they hear the common dysfunctional step-family mm-hmm. dynamics that they thought were really unique to them. <laughs> Now, Jordan goes on to say that they have a standing appointment every week to listen in. Thanks so much for that great feedback, Jordan, and for our standing appointment together every week. We're really glad Mm -hmm. that these chats bring value to you. And, you know, if you're listening, but you haven't left a rating or a review, we would love for you to do that now. And while you're at it, share the show on your social media. I'm sure that you have friends, coworkers, or other family members who are navigating blended family dynamics too, and why not invite them to join us? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, let's hop into our conversation today. You know, I have a mentor in my life who often says, all disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Mm. It's a phrase I've adopted over the years. You've probably heard me say that lots of times. (laughs) And I've come to believe that there's some truth in it. If I intentionally don't expect something, then I typically don't feel disappointment when it doesn't happen, right? I mean, logically, (laughs) it makes sense to me anyway. Yeah, and you have said that a lot over the years. And we've heard similar ideas from many leaders and helpers in the blended family realm. Mm. Multiple authors and speakers talk about lowering your expectations when Mm -hmm. it comes to blending a family. Yeah, And that's not too surprising because most of us start out with rose-colored glasses, right? (laughs) Sure. We're full of anticipation of how great our new family life is going to be, and it's fun and exciting to fall in love. And by the way, it's our second chance at genuine happiness, 
after we've already experienced some loss, right, from a death or a divorce. Mm -hmm. So, of course, this new adventure is going to be everything I dream it will be. (laughs) I'm anticipating only good things to come. Yeah, plus, I'm pretty lovable, and my genuine desire to be a trusted person in my new stepkids' lives is pretty strong, right? (laughs) They're certainly going to pick up on that pretty quickly, and even though we may have to navigate some challenges through the initial transition, we've all got what it takes to create connection in our home. Sure, I've noticed a few things about her kids that are a little annoying, and she doesn't seem to be doing much about that, but hey, once we're under the same roof she's going to see that I know how to handle that kind of behavior in kids. And she'll probably be super grateful for my insight and my wisdom once she sees how they respond to my influence. (laughs) What are you giggling about? That was laughable. (laughs) Okay. But we were there. (laughs) Yeah, we've been, we're being a little sarcastic here. We get it. But the reality is that when we're really honest with ourselves, many of us enter into blended family life with big dreams of righting the wrongs of the past and experiencing unity and connection really quickly in our home. Mm. And then those expectations don't actually match reality. And we often end up blindsided with disappointment. Yeah, I remember being in a bit of a bliss bubble. <laughs> We've talked about this before, especially early on, right? When mm. we were engaged. Mm-hmm. And I had that wake-up call that uh, I experienced when we went to Ron Deal's Step Family Seminar the mm. weekend before our wedding. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ron, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Broke my bliss bubble, yeah. right? And he did. He popped me out of that bliss bubble just mm. a bit. I was still headed in with a few dreams about how great this new life with you honey, was going to be compared Mm. to my previous experiences. Mm. And I'm not sure that my expectations were all that realistic. (laughs) What, it hasn't been a bliss bubble with me? (laughs) Okay, we won't go there. No. (laughs) Look, I I had dreams too. You know, after growing up in a highly dysfunctional blended family, I think I had this dream that I was going to set things right through my marriage to you and my relationship Mm. with your daughter, Annika. I was going to do it right. And because of my vast understanding and experience of my own story, I'd be able to use that expertise to help you better parent Annika, (laughs) even though I'd never been a parent up to that point in my life, right? Right. (laughs) And man, was I disappointed when you didn't seem to care about my awesome parenting (laughs) advice. (laughs) It's no wonder all the experts say, Lower Lower your your expectations. expectations. Yeah. Things aren't going to happen quickly. Your new spouse isn't going to agree with everything you believe. And the kids are unlikely to comply and connect with a new step parent right away. So lowering expectations is a way to stay in reality and avoid being blindsided by disappointment. Right. But I wonder, what might we sometimes really think when we hear this message about lowering our expectations? Is it possible that we might misinterpret the heart behind this call to lower expectations? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's possible that taking this advice to lower expectations too broadly or too literally might inadvertently send us down another road that still leaves us feeling frustrated and disappointed. Right. Now, that's what we want to examine today. What does this strategy of lowering expectations really mean? And how can we set ourselves up for possibilities rather than disappointment? Mm, I love that. Mm. 
So today we want to give you a simple four-part framework Mm. that might help you talk more effectively as a couple about your expectations. Yeah. As you do that, you'll get to experience more unity and teamwork because communicating and working through your expectations, it's really going to help you to get mm-hmm. more on the same page, right? Yeah, that's right. So let's dig into this these four parts, which are shatter the dream. Ugh, ouch. <laughs> no one likes that one. <laughs> Hold on to hope. Okay. We've all got to do it. Yep. Focus on realistic expectations. Mm. And then engage incremental expectations. That's a cool one. All right. So (laughs) the first thing then we're going to examine and we have to do is shatter the dream. Uh, Now, we're not trying to be a downer here. In fact, I'm quite the optimistic person. You are. We'll talk about here in a bit. However, that sarcasm that we were entered into earlier wasn't really that far from the truth about how many of us think and feel in those early stages of our relationship. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, like while we're falling in love, we can latch on to this dream or fantasy that things are going to be idyllic for us. And guess what? We're going to beat the odds. Oh, okay, yes. All that research, that's all great and dandy, yeah. but they don't know us. Love will save the day. That's right. <laughs> and one of the real challenges in holding too tightly to the dream or the fantasy is not that our hopes for a connected family someday are bad, It's just that we usually have an unrealistic idea of the speed with which we're going to get there and the depth of connection we'll reach with every single member of the blended family. Yeah. And I'd say some people have an unrealistic idea of how long the honeymoon stage is going to last for them, (laughs) right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For many blended couples, the honeymoon stage actually ends when they get back from the trip they took to celebrate their (laughs) wedding and they're blindsided by how quickly they're faced with challenging circumstances that tend to put us in that stranded stranger and trapped teammate dynamic that we Mm. talk about here on the show all the time. Yeah, And I think this is the primary idea most experts are trying to communicate when they challenge us to lower our expectations. Mm. It's not necessarily about lowering the bar for our family. It's really more about letting go of those unrealistic dreams or fantasies we might have about how blending is going to go. We're just Mm. holding on to those so tightly. Yeah. Because the more we hold on to an unrealistic fantasy, the more disappointment we'll experience. And then we'll end up burning all our energy trying to hold on to that dream rather than using our energy to focus on more realistic expectations and a hopeful future. Yeah. And, you know, I'm someone who's fallen victim to this at times in our journey. Uh, So I'm a bit of a romantic. Would you say that's true? Definitely. Okay. (laughs) And and I'm wired to be both extroverted and I'm a high feeler. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me to feel attached to others quicker than others might feel attached to me. That can keep me focused on what I think the ideal or the dream should be. And that it keeps me focused on this disappointment that I feel when it becomes clear that my dream is not a reality. And all of that can hurt really deeply for me. Yeah, you can get pretty frustrated there. Absolutely. One of the early moments of me having to work through this was actually our first Christmas together. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. This was a moment that I had been waiting for even before I met you, honey. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Having grown up in a dysfunctional step family, I felt surprisingly eager to have a family of my own, even at an early age. Mm -hmm. 
And even though I was a bit terrified to start another step family when we were getting ready to walk down the aisle, I also kind of had this simultaneous thought or this simultaneous fantasy that because I knew what I didn't want to experience, it meant I would just naturally be able to create my dream with you, especially when it came to things Mm -hmm. like holidays. Yeah. What I didn't count on was how utterly helpless I was to control the behavior of a (laughs) six-year-old. Who would have thought? (laughs) I know. So our first Christmas rolls around and suddenly you and Annika are locked in battle over strawberry waffles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was hard enough for you and her, but I was also standing in the kitchen only nine months into our marriage, feeling like like my dreams were falling apart. Mm. Like, Merry Christmas to me, right? And the real problem was that moving forward from there, I spent many months and years trying to hold fast to several unrealistic dreams and trying to make them a reality. Ultimately, that was actually counterproductive to what I really wanted to achieve. I wanted connection and a sense of peace in our home, but I was trying to get there by applying pressure on you and Annika to live out my dream. And turns out, Pressure just doesn't seem to build genuine connection. (laughs) That's for sure. Does not help. Yeah. And, you know, trying to live up to your expectations, that for me, it felt impossible. I knew what you wanted, but it, it wasn't doable. Pressure was really, that's a good word to use. And the problem with unrealistic dreams is that they're focused on what one individual wants. Mm. Not necessarily what the whole family needs. Yeah, right? We were yeah. focused on what Mike wants to happen and what Mike wants to see yeah. instead of what we all needed. Yeah. And of course, when one person is focused primarily on trying to experience their dream family, <laughs> and it might be coming from a great place in their heart, but it usually causes that person to focus on their comfort mm. and enjoyment of family life. Yeah. And the reality is that sometimes splendid family life is not comfortable <laughs> or enjoyable, oh, right? There's tension, true. there's stuff, and that's that's true for first families as well, by mm, the way. That's right. Honey, sometimes when you were trying so hard to get us all to live in compliance with your dream, those high, <laughs> high expectations you had, mm-hmm. it, it felt to Annika and to me like you were just being kind of selfish. Yeah, I can see that. Like you simply wanted everyone to conform to your ideal. I, I kind of did, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what our family needed was for you and me to be effective partners together. Uh, yeah, that's right. But it was really hard for us to partner when you were either angry or shut down because of the disappointment you felt mm. when you realized that our life wasn't the dream that you expected when you were frustrated all the time. Absolutely. It's hard to partner. Yeah. And it was hard for me to realize that then, but I really do see it now. Mm. I had to shatter my dreams so that I could get focused on building the realistic future we both really wanted. That meant I would have to start being comfortable with discomfort at times. Right, living through the mess. Yeah, (laughs) and as you're listening to this, I challenge you to think about, are there some dreams I need to shatter so that I can get focused on building the realistic future that we really want? Mm -hmm. And that, that might be a deep, you might need to pause right now and stop listening think just so that it. you can think about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, the truth is that shattering those dreams does not mean giving up hope. No. Those are two different things. And that's the second part of today's framework, holding on to hope. Mm. I said earlier that I'm a pretty optimistic person. (laughs) That has actually really helped me when it comes to holding on to hope. Even as I shattered those unrealistic dreams, I still held on to the hope that we weren't doomed to just repeat the dysfunction of my childhood. I held on to hope that there would be a day that Annika and I would have a close, connected relationship. I held on to hope that there would be a day where you and I could be more united in how we approached parenting and launched our kids into adulthood equipped for life. Mm -hmm. You know, I began learning how to just envision the hope that I had for our future realistically rather than demanding that my dreams for our family be lived out right now in the moment. Right. I love that. And Mm. honey, I really do love your optimism, partially because I don't have the same level of optimism (laughs) as you do. I'm more of a pessimist. I would agree with that. (laughs) But I mostly love it in this context because I think it was this genuine hope that you were able to hold on to that actually allowed you to shatter your unrealistic dreams without shattering you or shattering our whole family, Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that combination of shattering the dreams Mm -hmm. and letting them go mixed with your hope for our future, that helped lower the pressure that we all felt. Mm. And it certainly helped us to keep moving forward towards a better life together. Yeah. I've heard it said that hope is confidence in what we cannot yet see. Mm. Along the way, we've both had to hold on to hope in our future, even though it felt like we might never see it. Yeah. And I would say it was our hope in the future and our mutual faith that kept us fighting for our marriage mm. and, and for our family 12 years ago when we mm. were on the verge of separation. That was yeah. a really tough season. I agree. In fact, I wonder if we would have even made it through that difficult season of our journey mm. if either of us had stayed stuck holding on to unrealistic dreams or mm. if either of us had lost hope. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, based on our experience, I think it was this combination of letting go of dreams and holding on to hope that actually allowed us to embrace more realistic expectations, Mm. which is the next piece of the framework. Absolutely, that's right. And embracing realistic expectations is really the crux of this discussion today. Letting go of dreams and holding on to hope simply puts our heart and our minds in a space where we can work as a team to identify the expectations that we can realistically live out in our home. Right. And this is where I think many of us make mistakes when we hear all the experts tell us that we're supposed to lower our expectations. We confuse relational expectations with behavioral expectations Mm. sometimes. The reality is that behavioral expectations in our homes are critical. Mm. And when we can effectively hold everyone in the home accountable for reasonable behavioral expectations, that is often the precursor to reaching the relational connection most of us are really looking Mm. for. Okay. So the heart of this advice to lower our expectations is primarily about the speed with which our genuine relational connections are going to grow. Specifically in those step relationships, Mm -hmm. like between a step parent and a stepchild, 
or also between step-siblings. Now, it's good for us to shatter those dreams of an instant bonded Brady Bunch kind of family, even while we hold on to hope that our relational connections will grow as we move forward together. But in the meantime, we actually want to embrace realistic expectations around how everyone will behave and treat each other, not expecting love, but clearly expecting civility. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's really important. Mm. We were talking with a previous coaching client recently about how lots of research in the education world shows that higher expectations are linked to higher outcomes. Yeah. Essentially, when educators set high expectations, think of that as reasonable stretch goals, Mm. kids tend to rise to the expectations. Mm. And the inverse is true. Mm. When educators see students as limited and keep their expectations too low, then kids will underperform, Mm. right? Interesting. Now, there are lots of factors to that, and there are differences between a classroom and our homes. Right. However, I believe the general principle rings true, Hmm. specifically when we can separate behavioral expectations from relational expectations. Hmm. Now, for me, embracing realistic behavioral expectations, this was pretty difficult early on. Mm, Yeah. Because during my single parent years, I'd become pretty permissive. And because of the guilt I had about the pain my daughter Annika had experienced through our divorce. Mm. So I avoided holding her accountable to reasonable behavioral expectations. I Mm. was really lenient. Mm. Now, there were times when she was quite rude to you, honey. Yep. But I think the way she often talked to me and treated me was even worse. Mm-hmm. She was, we had some pretty big issues with disrespect. Yeah. And I think that drove you even more crazy than it did me. Is that, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my goal was kind of to make life easy for Annika. Mm. And through my lens of guilt, I made some assumptions of what Annika was truly capable of mm. when it came to her behavior. Yeah, there were certain times where I felt like you heard the advice to lower our expectations and you took that as a really kind of broad advice to apply to pretty much everything, including Annika's behavior. Like you heard it and thought, oh, well, then I shouldn't expect too much out of out of Annika because I'm lowering my expectations. Yeah, I didn't agree with that. I yeah. might have been doing that. In mm-hmm. fact, I probably did. Mm-hmm. And then when that mindset was combined with the guilt I was experiencing it, (laughs) it felt easier to Mm. just keep the bar pretty low for Annika. That Mm. was just kind of the simplest thing for me to do at that stage. And it's possible that a lot of parents who are struggling with guilt, fear, or insecurity might tend to observe their child's poor behavior And then attribute that behavior to the pain the child experienced from the past. Mm -hmm. And because they're afraid to rock the boat or they feel guilty about what their kids have been through, they lower the expectation bar to match the poor behavior Mm. rather than raising the bar on civility and respect and then holding their kids accountable. Mm. We see that often. Yeah. When we can back up and really think about this, we have to ask ourselves, is lowering our expectations around reasonable behavior really the path to connection, confidence, peace, and happiness in our Mm. family? Mm. 
That's a really good question. I'm betting most of us would agree that in general, the answer is no. Right. Lowering our expectations to match a child's behavior is not going to get us where we really need to go. And I'm grateful that it was only a couple of years into our marriage when you started to recognize that what we really needed to do was actually raise the bar on behavioral expectations in our home and then hold on to hope that relationships would grow through the process. Now, when that happened, you started learning how to be an authoritative parent and hold both loving and firm expectations with Annika. And she started rising to the occasion. She absolutely did. She began speaking to you more respectfully. She stopped throwing those fits that she used to throw. (laughs) And the peace in our home actually started increasing. That's true. And as the peace started increasing, the relational connections we really wanted, they started to emerge. Now, it didn't happen overnight. No. And probably not at the rate that you would have loved to see, honey. (laughs) Nowhere near, nowhere near. (laughs) But we started experiencing some real progress. Yeah, yeah. You and I began working better as a team and hope grew Mm. as we embraced realistic expectations for our home around behavior together. That's right. In fact, clearly embracing realistic expectations as a team is one specific area where we coach couples. Mm. And as you're listening, if any of this is resonating with you, but you're feeling stuck on how to get there, (laughs) we just encourage you to schedule a free initial coaching call with us and we can help you get there. We'll put a link in the show notes for you to do that. We Mm. help couples with that all the time. Now, I do have to say that even as you get clear about realistic behavioral expectations, there are times when we have to be flexible within those expectations, Mm. especially while the kids and the adults are learning these new behaviors. (laughs) Honey, you had to be pretty flexible and patient for a while Mm -hmm. as I practiced some new parenting skills that I was learning. Yep. It wasn't perfect right out of the gate, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. And Annika certainly wasn't able to perfectly respond right away every time. That's true. And there are times when we need to consider the unique challenges each child may have experienced along the way. Mm -hmm. Earlier, I mentioned how the research around education suggests that raising expectations helps kids achieve higher outcomes. Mm Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that educators also pay attention to special considerations around the unique challenges that different children might experience. Yeah, that's right. That's what specialized learning plans are all about. Mm -hmm. Educators don't simply hold the exact same standard across the board and disregard unique circumstances that each child might be dealing with. Mm -hmm. This same principle is true in our homes. You may have some extreme circumstances happening with an ex on one side, or one child might be dealing with some unresolved trauma. If you suspect there might be unique challenges that would require special considerations around these expectations with behavior, I encourage you to get some outside perspective here. Mm. As a bio parent who struggled with fear and guilt around parenting and holding my child accountable, It was sometimes easy for me to slip into pity 
for Annika. Mm, And I try to frame that around her having special circumstances that might cause me to dismiss some of her poor behavior, Mm, right? (laughs) So seeking an outsider's perspective, maybe from a coach, a counselor, or even reading some of the books out there, like Ron Deal's Smart Step Family series, that can help you to determine if your child is dealing with any extreme conflict or deep loss, maybe loyalty binds, parental alienation, or other unique challenges. Yeah, I agree. We have to be aware of what each child has experienced and what they might be dealing with emotionally. But it's not to excuse poor behavior. It's more a a way of creating a plan for how to guide that child toward the reasonable behavioral expectations that we want to see lived out in our home. Right. When we start just self-diagnosing those things, oh, my child has this thing, it's Mm -hmm. usually because our heartstrings are getting pulled. Yeah, we start to project things onto our child that maybe isn't, isn't reality. Yeah. And so part of that flexibility that you're pointing out here is to have the capacity to allow different children to move and adapt at different rates. Right. Like that's really part mm-hmm. of the thing. It's not about lowering up the bar or lowering our expectations on behavioral issues. You know, the reality is that one set of kids may adjust slower than the other set of kids right. or vice versa. Even one child in the same bio unit might move at a slower pace than the others if they're dealing with some unique uh, personal challenges. But overall, we want to have a set of reasonable standards for behavior in the home and then work as a team to hold everyone, kids and adults, to that standard. Mm. So again, when you hear this advice to lower your expectations, be sure you're separating behavioral expectations from relational expectations, and don't shy away from embracing reasonable behavioral expectations in your home. That's one of the first steps to moving toward those relational hopes that you really have. So you're going to shatter those unrealistic dreams. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you got to do that, but it's (laughs) part of the whole overall picture. We're going to hold on to hope. We're going to embrace reasonable expectations. And finally, as you move forward, you really want to engage incremental expectations. Mm. I personally really love this because it gives us a sense of forward movement. What we're doing when we're engaging incremental expectations is that we're slowly raising the bar over time without overwhelming the kids or ourselves. Okay. I think about this whole thing a bit like my experience with learning to play music. So I started playing the clarinet when I was in third grade. I was a cute little guy with these old big, you know, pop bottle glasses and big (laughs) thick 70s frames and had my little clarinet. I wasn't the toughest kid in the school. You were cute though. (laughs) Right. The grade school that I was in at the time was called Adams Elementary School. It was right up the block from where I lived. And early on, I started to take private lessons with my band teacher. So in fourth grade, I was so excited. I got to play my very first solo. Now, what I got to play was the melody of the theme song of the old Adams Family Show, <laughs> right? Because it was Adams Elementary, so why How not play the Adams Family? You know, fairly simple, but yeah, a big was, deal for a fourth it grader. It was a big deal. I was super excited. I could tell another story about that concert, but I won't because we don't have time. Uh, 
But I did shatter my mouthpiece in that concert. It was quite funny. Oh, no. Anyway, so for years after this, I kept up with private lessons. By the time I got to high school, in my senior year, I actually achieved second place in the state solo ensemble competition playing Aaron Copeland's Concerto for Clarinet. Mm -hmm. Now, most of you listening probably have no idea what Copeland's Concerto is. But it is an incredibly challenging piece for really any clarinet player to learn. It's right. it's it's a it's way high level. Now here's the point: I didn't jump from playing the Adams Family theme, <laughs> right, all the way to Copeland's Concerto for Clarinet in a single step. No, it took me years of incremental improvement to get there. After my first solo, my teacher patiently taught me a new skill to improve my ability. And gave me the time to master that skill. Then she added another skill and gave me time to master that. And so on and so on and so on. See, the incremental process of raising the bar and letting me rise to the standard happened hundreds, maybe thousands of times over the years. And eventually, it led me to achieving second place in the state competition. Wow, you've got to have a lot of patience to be a music teacher, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for beginning students. Yeah. Man, oh my goodness. And earplugs. We, we had a few, we had those years in our, with our kids as well. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. Now that's a great analogy, honey. I love mm. it. And it really illustrates how we can embrace reasonable expectations within a smaller time frame. Mm. And then using an authoritative parenting approach, we can help our kids master the expectation before we move on to the next thing. That's right. We can slowly and steadily raise the bar with Mm. doable expectations that we can all manage. Absolutely. Now, I remember feeling so overwhelmed sometimes when we were trying to embrace reasonable behavioral expectations because we wanted Annika to be more respectful Mm. and to have more responsibility, Mm -hmm. which included all kinds of things from her communication to how she treated her things in our home. She also needed to learn to be responsible, which encompassed everything from chores to schoolwork. Mm -hmm. Those were just a couple of things we focused on. And I didn't feel like I could do it all at once. Honestly, it was, it was a lot. And when I felt overwhelmed, my tendency was to kind of just give it all up. Yeah. And then we were all stuck again. <laughs> yeah. And those were moments where you were just letting the bar I fall. I just can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. So we had to identify just one or two expectations that were most important in the season we were in. Mm. And then I got laser focused on just those few things. Yeah. And that freed me up from having to police every little thing. (laughs) So instead of feeling overwhelmed, I felt empowered and more confident in how I was able to help Annika make these incremental steps forward. Now, once we noticed that she was rising to our expectation and consistently living out the behavioral expectations in one area, Mm. then it kind of went into this maintenance mode, right? She's got it. I didn't have to correct her all that much in those areas, and it just became our new normal. Mm -hmm. This then gave me the energy I needed to move on to the next incremental expectation, Mm -hmm. to raise the bar a bit more and then hold Annika accountable to that. Mm -hmm. It was an incremental process 
over time. Yeah. And I know that was hard for you sometimes, honey, oh, yeah. because we weren't moving as fast as you would have liked. I agree. Yeah. But you were able to hang in there and mm. you were pretty patient with me as we all kind of learned this together. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that you were imperfectly patient <laughs> <laughs> over the months and years that we invested in this. Yes. And I that's can, okay. I can, yeah, I can own that. I was far from perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, every so often those unrealistic dreams would slip into my thought process again. And I just had to shatter them once again without losing hope so that I could stick with this incremental process that you're describing. So what you're saying is that shattering dreams isn't a one and done. It's not a one and done. (laughs) They creep back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And one thing I want to point out is to think about incremental expectations through the lens of the home, as well as the individual children. So what I mean by that is that some kids are going to progress at a different rate with different expectations. We kind of shared that earlier. Right. One child might have no problem with responsibility. However, that same child might tend to speak rudely or even inappropriately toward a parent, a step parent or a step sibling. Right. But another child might be just the opposite. Mm-hmm. They may be super respectful, but they just don't follow through with their responsibilities. They're all different. Yeah. The point is that we want to set reasonable standards or expectations for everyone in the home while we make incremental progress with each child right where they're at. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. When it comes to the widespread advice to lower your expectations, We want to encourage you to be thoughtful and intentional about what that really means. And to do that, consider following this kind of four-part framework that we've just described by shattering those unrealistic dreams so that you can focus on building a realistic way forward, holding on to hope that you can experience genuine connection as you move toward the future you really want. Embrace realistic expectations that raise the bar on behavior without putting pressure on relationships, and then engage incremental expectations that keep you focused on implementing just one or two things at a time without getting super overwhelmed. That's right. And again, if you're feeling stuck or just need a little help strategizing, Mm -hmm. click that link in the show notes to schedule your free initial coaching call. Mm -hmm. We're here to help. And be sure to join us back here in two weeks to catch a powerful discussion with two expert speakers and authors on the subject of parentification. You don't want to miss that. That's right. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We really love getting to spend this time with Mm -hmm. you. We're going to make this episode a wrap. Until next time. Does it ever feel like people just don't get how tough it is to blend a family? What if you could experience a community that's all about healthy support, guidance, and practical strategies that help you thrive in your blended family? Well, now you can. Blending Together is a supportive community for blended family couples just like you. We've educated and supported hundreds of couples navigating the unique challenges of blended family life. Now we're inviting you to join our community and experience the transformation that awaits you. Blending Together is not just another community. It's a place where you'll find practical real-life strategies for building unity as a couple. Creating more connection as a family. Experiencing partnership and parenting. And even dealing with that difficult ex. 
Blending Together is a safe, growth-focused space where you'll get to connect with us and maybe more importantly, with other blended family couples who truly understand what you're going through. Along the way, you'll discover practical tools, guidance, and hope that empower you to find a future full of confidence and connection. When you join Blending Together, you'll gain access to a variety of resources like our private Facebook group and online learning platform, monthly coaching meetings, monthly Q&As, and you'll even get to vote on the content for our monthly workshops. Mm -hmm. Blending a family can often leave couples feeling alone or isolated, and quality support can sometimes be expensive and hard to find. That's why we're offering you access to all of this at a super low monthly rate, because every blended family deserves the opportunity to thrive regardless of their budget. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and click the link to join us in the Blending Together community and meet other couples just like you in our upcoming community meeting. Plus, when you join before the end of the month, you'll gain access to our brand new bonus mini course that will help you make quick headway. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We can't wait to meet you inside Blending Together. Just click the link all the way at the bottom of the show notes to get started. We'll see you there. We'll see you there.